Welcome to Views from Stadium Boulevard. I'm Harley Johnson. And I'm Hannah Harshi. And we're back for another week of your favorite Michigan sports podcast. And this week we are discussing Michigan's 59-0 win over UConn. All right, for our fun little segments this week, we have some very special guests. We have Jared and Andy from the Out of the Blue podcast. They are also both writers from Maze and Brew. Um, do you all want to introduce yourself? Give us a little information on your podcast before we have our fun segments. These segments will be fun. I don't know if we're very special, but we are somewhat special. We both are over at Mason Brew, been over there since 2017, where we've been writing and hosting Out of the Blue. Pretty fun podcast. Some might say elite. I don't want to go that far, but some have said it, some circles. Andy, what do you think? Yeah, most people, what I've gathered as Describe Our Podcast is still on. So uh, we have some several listeners still tuning in over at mazenbrew.com. You've been there since 2017, uh, originally God going for two, and we've evolved that over the years to what it is now. Yeah, like to have fun, make a lot of irreverent jokes, talk about Billy Idol and all things Michigan football. Perfect. All right. Awesome. I'm excited. So our first segment that we're going to all do together is Around the Han and Harl which is also now around the Jared and Andy. Um, We're each going to give our one minute summary of the game. And then we are going to grade each other on our summary. So I don't know if you guys heard that portion of it. We will have a winner. And I need you two to be harsher graders because Harley and I keep just tying because we can't decide who did a better job. Um, Harley, I'm going to volunteer you to go first. And I'm going to put on my one minute timer. Sounds good. Uh, I just wanted to point out that I made mistakes last time. So you definitely won last week. Because, you know. I keep bringing in the next episode. I'm probably not going to meet a minute again, but here we go. Maybe I'll talk slow. Uh, The Michigan Wolverines are now 3-0, heading into their conference schedule after defeating UConn 59-0. Blake Corn became the second running back in a year to score five touchdowns in a single game, which tied for a school record. We know the other most recent one. Side-eye emoji. Some keynotes, special teams was the Shining Star with a blocked punt and a punt return courtesy of Caden Colasar and A.J. Henning, respectively. Michigan ended up averaging 55.3 points per game through the first three games. They've also scored over 50 points in the first three games for the first time in program history. That's all I got. Okay, you get minus 10 points because it was only 36 seconds. I think I should get more points for being like succinct. But you get plus plus ten points because you did some kind of NPRE. Jared, Andy, any any scores for her? Well, there is uh, what was the famous quote? Uh, I think it was like Mark Twain. I would have wrote you a shorter letter, but I didn't have time. So you get points for being succinct, mm-hmm. but also you lose points because they're. I, I mean, I'm a blowhard. I like to fill the air. I mean, that's just me. I, I mean, if I've got the time, I'm using the time. And there's people that could have been shouted out there. So I don't know about minus 10 points. I think you're plenty harsh there, Hannah. Uh, what is this on a scale of one to 10? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was trying to do the math of how many seconds you missed. I'm going to give that I'm going to give that a, a solid six. I like that. So that's she's on negative four. That's passing, man. That's what my grades in college were. So <laughs> I was actually keeping a tally during it and like making points. And um, surprisingly, Jared, the blowhard, and I have the exact same score. So you had six points on that one. Let's go. Okay, so you end with you end with two six plus six minus ten. We have a, a wow. so we'll add five. You you end with, you end with seven. <laughs> All right. Okay. Um. 
do either of you want to go next or I can go next? Uh, I'm ready. Let's do this. Oh, okay. Go for it. Go for it. I will keep time. All right. All right uh, whenever you're ready, you can start. And start. All right, coming into a David versus Goliath matchup, the overwhelming favorites did what Goliath should have done when he fought that kid David, and they kept this thing on the ground and they won with physicality. Don't let some slingshot-wielding punk drag you into a rock fight. You stomp him with your boot, and you crush that small child under your immense weight. That's what giants do. All right, so you do that by winning on the ground with Blake Corum, who's channeling Hassan Haskins with the hurdle against CSU and now five touchdown performance against UConn. You crush them with suffocating defense, particularly against the run, where you hold them to 86 rushing yards, 110 yards total, two of 14 on third down. You make sure that they stay down with relentless pressure in the backfield, physical tackling all afternoon long. It's hard to take too much away from a game where 101 players see the field. It's over before the half. They almost brought me in at quarterback. Can't win your seasons early on, but you can lose it by losing focus. Michigan State focused, did everything they needed to do during this preseason. On to Big Ten play. Wow, 57 seconds. That was almost perfect time-wise. You only lose three points. (laughs) What is this grading system? (laughs) No, that was like for in terms of narrative arc and storytelling, you get – plus 10. That was, I knew you guys would come in and, and have the storytelling vibes to it. That was really good. It was fire, I feel like so. I should be like snapping. It was like spoken <laughs> word. It was the flow of it. I was like, this is a performance. Slam poetry, baby. Coming on view from Stadium Boulevard. We're, we're taking this seriously, alright? Andy, do you want to go next? Yeah, yeah, I'm ready. Alright, whenever you're ready. Alright, gather around, everyone. It's a fireside chat. It's Andy coming to you. I just want to soothe you with my voice. The non-conference schedule is a one-sided beating with Jim Harbaugh swinging in the proverbial hammer. Michigan currently has the number one scoring offense and number four scoring defense and the best damn special teams in the land. This is by far the most balanced and deepest team on either side of the ball Harbaugh has ever assembled. Defensively, I can name 15 dogs, got that dog in them, who can play in the box and at a high level and seven on the back end with ease. Offensively, J.J. McCarthy opens everything up behind a progressing offensive line and the skill positions have taken a massive leap in production, explosion, and depth. While there are a lack of true stars, the Wolverines possess a galaxy of contenders who can steal the shine on any given Saturday. Great teams destroy bad teams, and these first three weeks have been an exercise in hurdling the weak and trampling the dead. Let's go. Amazing. 52.78 seconds. Woo! My man with time. You're close. Right You're close. That was nice. Yeah. I was at a library as a child, just sitting around as the librarian <laughs> is reading me a book. <laughs> it was that kind of vibe. Both of you are true storytellers. Thank you. We, we'd spin a tail or two around here. <laughs> Weave a yarn in our free time. I feel like Harley and I are about to be cop outs again because I feel like you two tied. At tens? You still got to go. You got to claim gotta, the crown here. Yeah, yeah. Let's yeah, go. I forgot that I had it. Yeah. I got a minus eight with your name on it, Hannah. <laughs> I'm going to pull a Nebraska out here and just be the basement. I accept it. That's <laughs> fine. It's respectable. <laughs> Hurl, can you time me? Yes. Hold on. Come on, Hurl. Oh, God. Guys, my feet are sweating. (laughs) Why? I'm I'm nervous. This is primetime Jordan Poole against Houston stuff. (laughs) No kidding. 
Okay. Everything went more or less as expected against their third and final cupcake appointment opponent, the University of Connecticut. JJ meditated before the game and then no thoughts and just vibes to himself into throwing 15 for 18 for 214 yards. The leading receiver was Ronnie Bell with seven receives, not catches, receives for a total of 96 yards. And then the next was Roman Wilson with three receives for 65 yards. Then like every country in the quarterback went in. Um, if you really want to look for something to criticize, then Michigan's defense only has recorded one sack against Colorado State. So then they did have seven sacks against Colorado State. So in terms of statistical averages, the mean number of stacks is fine. The median is not great, and I don't know how to calculate the mode. Um, JJ looked human at times. There are a couple of funky reads, and our O-line is possibly questionable. Like our quarterback should not have gotten sacked twice. Um but also, Michigan fans seem to be extremely bought in. Like, we're ready to be ranked higher. We're ready for J.J. McCarthy and Blake Corum to win the Heisman. Um, but anyone who's not a Michigan fan is starting to get on my nerves because nobody cares about Michigan because they're like, oh, yeah, they haven't played anything. We don't know anything about Michigan. So who knows what happens next? Um, none of us do. I like it. Guess who's right. losing points? <laughs> no! You have a minute and seven seconds. <laughs> Ooh, minus seven. Tell me. Minus seven. It you stands guys. out, though, because you said cupcake appointment by mistake. You <laughs> <laughs> are the Northwestern to my Nebraska. What, what is the uh, the grading system over here? Is it more like electoral college or is it more like NBA dunk contest? Because I, I can't I can't get a read on this thing. People, dunk oh, it's more. It's, dunk it's like Nebraska play calling. We're just kind of making it up as we go. Very aloof. Yeah, you got to rule somewhere. All right. Uh, so who won? I, I didn't give Hannah a grade. She made some good points in there, though. I'm glad I'm not the only person in Michigan podcast history that's willing to say like, hey, a couple things need uh, fixing or maybe a couple things to look at here. So I give you extra points for that. I'm awarding a 12.6 since there's no rules. Ooh. so then with my minus seven, that's like a 5.6. You're, you're welcome. Jared, I give you the nod, sir. It was very eloquent. And I love the David and Goliath reference. Yeah, that one was probably my favorite. Yeah, that one had a bit of an allegory going through it, like a, something weaving it all together. So I think that one, Jared, I think yours might have Good. been number one. All right. Thank you. Well, hey, that's what, <laughs> that's what Goliaths do in debates. Yes. Some of us are just better than the rest of us. <laughs> Some of us are just better at this. I'm sorry. No, I'm just messing around. That was super fun. I love this segment. Uh, thank you. That was That was enjoyable. All right, for our next segment, we do have two truths and a lie. Um, I can go first for this one since I went last for the last one. I also want to note, I did get some feedback that my like facts for two, two truths and a lie were too confusing and it was impossible to figure out which one was true. Um, I heard that feedback and I tried to take it, but I did not. Um, Isn't that the point? Yeah, but your your facts were like simple and mine had like four different parts that could be true or false. Anyway, so my three things that are either a truth or a lie. The first one, Michigan did not have enough centers to warm up all of the quarterbacks. Second one, since 1971, University of Washington is 3-0 and playing Michigan teams in Washington and 0-3 playing Michigan teams in Michigan, Michigan teams being Michigan and Michigan State. And the third one, Miami fans want to fire Josh Gaddis. Any guesses? Um, don't have enough centers is the lie anyone else want to guess i was gonna say the washington one was the lie well i mean 
it's pretty objective there, like the entire fan base, but I definitely know some people got some things to say about Josh Gaddis. Yeah, I was like, that would, we already know number three is the truth. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we were doing the same thing, so. Mm, not this early on, but yes. Um, yeah, the lie is um, that University of Washington is 3-0. and and Jared, you leader of men. <laughs> <laughs> they are one in two playing Michigan teams in Michigan since 1971. Which Michigan team beat them in Washington? Um, in Michigan. Oh, no, they have a Michigan team has not beat Washington in Washington, but Washington mm-hmm. has beat a Michigan team in Michigan. And oh. I need to double check. Yeah, which. was it Michigan or Michigan State? That's what really matters. Yeah, I was going to say, this is what matters here. This is Hannah at 5.29 a.m. when I'm editing the podcast because I finally have the answer to this question. So Michigan State has only played um, University of Washington three times since 1971. Actually, two times since 1971. And the University of Washington has won twice and they have never played in East Lansing. Um, And then also famously, Michigan State lost to the University of Washington in Seattle last week. So that was one of their two losses to the University of Washington. Um, And then the University of Michigan has played Washington a lot of times since 1971. A few of those were Rose Bowls, so obviously not a home team for those. But in general, the home team has won in every regular season matchup between um, Michigan and Washington, except for one game in 1984 when Washington won in Ann Arbor. All right, Harley, do you want to go next? I will go next. I kind of adopted like what you did, so hopefully I can decipher which one is which. Okay. Number one. Blake Corum has rushed for the same amount of TDs through the first three, first three games as last year, as this year. Um, but this time last year, he had more total yards. <laughs> Jake Moody has kicked fewer field goals through week three than he did last year. And three, Michigan is third across all FBS schools in total defense through week three. One Big Ten school is above them. My brain is breaking trying to understand these. Man. It's like I was just microwaved. Yeah. Um, I believe that we are number four in defense. I believe that is the lie. I believe Jake Moody did kick more field goals last year. And then Blake Corum, that would make sense. He hasn't really popped off for like crazy numbers yet. And he did last year. I'm, I think I'm going to go with Moody. I think he made one last year and two this year. I'm going to say the Blake Corum one is a lie. The Jake Moody one is a lie. Let's go. Can you read that again? What did it say? He has kicked fewer field goals through week three. Than last, last year, oh, fewer. He made one last year because we scored six. Yeah, we kicked sixty. Because we had sixty-three and four, and I think it was forty-nine against Western. So those were all straight touchdowns. And then this year, he's at least he's made two. So yeah, let's go, Jared. Deal with that. <laughs> Wait, why did it become personal? And then one of you had a. T- <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna break up the podcast. It will no longer exist by the time you're done being on here. It's just gonna be a rivalry. <laughs> Someone had to win the last segment, and someone had to win this segment. So, one of you had a two truths and a lie ready to go. Which one? Who of you has it? Oh, I I have one, but it's vastly different than what y'all are doing. But I'm still ready to throw it out there <laughs> because I've been I've been working with it. All right, here we go. Gus Johnson and Joel Klatt are actually the superior call team to Kirk Herbstreet and Fowler. 
All right. Okay. okay. Zingerman's is actually the best meal you can get in Ann Arbor. Okay. And the golf course is a superior tailgate spot to the parking lot. Ooh. What do we think? Zingerman's is definitely not the best meal in Ann Arbor. Zingerman's for me. Yeah, I got to go with Zingerman's. Oh, that was way too easy. Yeah, all right. I was hoping like maybe <laughs> there would be some pushback on that, but none whatsoever. Yeah, there's way better meals to be had. For sure. And and the, golf course, the, golf the golf course, course <laughs> is better than Pioneer. Like Pioneer was good, but now it's like, I don't, I don't know. Over the I'm, years, I'm definitely fully in. more of the vibe of the golf course. I'm fully in. What did we see at oh, Pioneer? That the, you, is that where you went? My last two years, I went to the golf course. Yeah, I'm in. I'm there all the way. Superior human, Harles. That's why. Yeah, it's great. (laughs) I don't know how I made it across the street during the Middle Tennessee game, but I sure did. (laughs) It's our knees. They get older, you know? And we we want the softness of the grass. I think that's what it all boils down to. Right, right, right. Yeah. (laughs) Nice, Nice padding when you fall. I'm going back for the Michigan State game this year, and it will be my first game as a real adult. So I don't know what I do when I don't go to like frat party tailgates. Oh, we're go going to, to that one. We're going to that one. We might have to have oh, a really? link up for that one. Oh, that's the one. We've had that yeah. circled for a long time. Yeah, really. Yeah, we'll we'll talk. We'll talk offline. Absolutely. Oh, sounds good. Well, thank you guys so much for being here. This was really fun. Our pleasure. Thank you so much for having us. Uh, whenever you want, do it again. Yes, thank you all so much. All right, so next we are going to go into superlatives. If you want to listen to more super- superlatives of ours, we superlatived all over the place uh, out of the blue. So if you head on over to their podcast, um, we popped in and gave like <laughs> more superlatives than your heart can even begin to imagine <laughs> but we did we did save some for this podcast you're gonna have the tried and true ones that are exclusive to views from stadium Boulevard. exactly um so we'll kick it off with probably our most prestigious award and that is the one that is uniquely um us which is vibe the vibes who is the recipient this week Okay, Vibe the Vibes this week is going to Ronnie Bell, who had seven receives for a total of 96 yards, which is an average of 13.7 yards per receive. Just feel like he had a really good game, and we've been kind of waiting to see him be the leading receiver again, so he surely vibed some vibes. I love it. Um, Definitely deserves that. So, maybe... Or maybe not, because if you were at the game, you probably didn't know that these, this next superlative was going on. Um, but if you were on the sphere of Twitter or just around Michigan media in general during last week's game, um, you might have seen this dad joke of the week. And that goes to whoever tweeted that Donovan Edwards was not dressed on the side of a Michigan side of the field. It was just funny because, like, he didn't dress for the game because he's, like, a little bit injured, or I guess it was sort of preventative. Um, But, Mm -hmm. like, that happens, like, every game. There are at least some players who don't dress for the game. But this week, Twitter decided to show out, and everyone was tweeting jokes about him being naked. And I'm like, okay, I guess that's our dad (laughs) joke of the week. (laughs) 
So maybe like shout out to the Michigan fan base for being dads. Exactly. And I guess I don't know why it took until yeah, like you were saying, I don't know why it took until Donovan Edwards to realize the potential of this show. <laughs> but I digress. Um, this one is a very like interesting like fun fact, and I don't know if I've ever seen this before in all of my college football viewing. But would you like to present the next award? Sure, the playing like seven quarterbacks award. Goes, I guess the word like is unnecessary there and just makes it confusing. The Playing Seven Quarterbacks Award goes to Michigan for playing seven quarterbacks. Yeah, Jim Harbaugh said he was having his guys look up to see if that was a record. I'm sure it is. Like, most teams don't... I don't think most teams have seven quarterbacks on the roster. So the fact that seven quarterbacks, like, played against UConn this week has to be a superlative. I really also liked the, I believe it was like John U. Bacon, who was like, if you want to play quarterback, uh, just head down to the sideline. Truly. Because Michigan played so many quarterbacks, it was so funny. I should have gone. I've been doing my 100 throws and 100 receives. Not gonna lie, as soon as I read that, I was like, I know just the person for the job. <laughs> who is QB3 or QB2 now that Cade McNamara is injured? No, no, no. Who is QB9? <laughs> You. <laughs> Wait, you don't think I can move up in the rankings? I think you're definitely QB9. Alright. I can handle it. Um, As like a what? A f- eight year senior or something? I don't know. I still, Do you even have eligibility anymore? I think there's an age limit. I've tried to look that up just to, you know, to see in case they ever just to see someone. <laughs> because like, you know, I haven't played any NCAA sports, so I have all my eligibility mm-hmm. left. So I could go back to school, but I do think there's an age requirement of when you can go back and play college sports. Well, we'll definitely have to look into that because I want to see him take the field as QB9. If there's one thing the Michigan football team needs, it's another quarterback. You. Me. It's me at quarterback. It would fix everything. (laughs) (laughs) It could. All right. The next one. Harley Garley. Oh yes. Well, I you're gonna have to remind me of like what was won, but this is a very relevant award this week, um, and it's the Franz of the Week Award, and of course it goes out to Franz Wagner. But I believe he was a part of a Germany team that won something, which obviously is vague. But I don't know if you know what it actually is. I know you sent it to me. Um, the FIBA Euro Basket. Oh, yes. So, obviously, Franz <laughs> was a shining star in the FIBA Euro Basket, <laughs> which landed him as this week's Franz of the Week. Congratulations to Franz. And then the Go Blue Pro Blue Award goes to Aiden Hutchinson, who had three sacks against the Washington Commanders. I also saw a dad joke of the week on Twitter. Actually, I think, like, Twitter jokes and dad jokes are just the same thing. I saw a joke on Twitter. It's a circle. Yeah. (laughs) That was, like, (laughs) at least one Michigan team got a win over Washington this week. Because the Lions did. Oh, yeah, I did like that one. Yeah. That one was pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As far as as the jokes go. I liked the one of the mug that had, like, the new, like, Washington Commanders, like, W. And then somebody had, like, printed, like, the state of Washington on them, which is a thing that, like, obviously is not, like, where they play. Yeah. And it was super funny that they had those, like, as merch. And so the Lions tweeted, like, the W and then had the Michigan. 
oh, the state of Michigan. It was very funny. I saw I that, it. but I didn't understand the reference. Oh, now you understand the reference. Yeah. It's because they actually printed merch with the state of Washington <laughs> instead of, you know, D.C. It's really embarrassing, actually. It is very embarrassing, yeah. Um, I did see a tweet that was like, no wonder they don't call themselves the football team anymore. And I thought that one was pretty funny. That is very funny. Um, but yeah, feel free to check out that like segment if you want to hear more of your superlatives from the first three games. Um, but we're going to like head on over to... Honestly, probably one of our best segments is that we get it already. Uh, highlighting the story that Michigan and their fans just wouldn't shut up about. Um, and then obviously the one on the forefront right now is Michigan's uh, schedule. Hannah calls them the cupcakes and all of that. Um, but, you know, everybody else gets away with it. So why are we all focusing on Michigan? Yeah, I feel like I could go into a full-blown hint about this, but, like, there's, mm. there's, okay, let's break it down. There's the fact that these okay. teams were ranked higher when the schedule was created, but there's also the fact that I remember, like, we've had multiple years where we had the most difficult schedule in the country, and I remember there were so mm-hmm. many, not so many, but there were definitely years where I was like, oh, we would be ranked like Bama if we had Bama's schedule, like, Bama often mm-hmm. has the easiest schedule, not the easiest schedule in FBS, but, like, among Power 5 teams, yeah. Bama is, like, often one of the highest. And I guess we do criticize, or one of the lowest, we do criticize them for that, but I don't know. I, I feel like it's annoying that people are criticizing Michigan for it, because, like, who cares? Then you go do that if you're so mad about it. But what annoys me the most is the discrepancy between, I listen to, like, some Michigan football podcasts, and then I listen to a lot of just college football podcasts. And Michigan fans mm-hmm. right now are high on this team. They're like, we're going to the, we're going to win the national championship. We're going to have five Heisman contenders. Everyone in New York is going to be a Michigan player. Like people are hyped up. And then when I listen to national college football podcasts, Michigan isn't even getting like a little shout out. They're like, oh yeah, we haven't really seen Michigan play yet because they haven't played anyone. So no comment on them as of now. We'll wait for Big Ten play. And I'm like, give us some credit. Mm-hmm. Yes, we played really easy teams, but most teams in the country would not be putting up, like, 59 nothing on, on UConn. We still played well for them being easy teams. I agree. Especially because I think, to what you were referencing earlier, because we've always had kind of, like, a very, like, strong schedule, that the fact that, like, well, it's not really, like, our fault that, you know, like, these, like, deals were signed, like, years in advance, so, you know couldn't really, like, account for that, um, the fact that, like, you know, the teams were exceedingly bad, um, but at the same time, like, to Michigan's credit, you know, we, we started out, like, really strong, you know, I believe we were, uh, number six in the country, um, so I think we've kind of relied on that, like, strength of schedule to kind of, like, either, like, put us back, um, into the AP, especially like last year after we beat Washington, I believe that's when we arrived back into the rankings after our 2020 season. And I think maybe the biggest thing is that usually when we have like one of like a tougher team in the non-conference schedule or power five team or, you know, army or whatever it is, you kind of get to see what that Michigan team is made of. And I think a lot of people that aren't Michigan fans or maybe they are Michigan fans are just kind of waiting to see what the what this Michigan team is because I kind of 
agree with that in that sense. I don't really know how Michigan is um, with the, like their starters through all four quarters. We haven't played a full game um, yet this season, and so like, can we, you know, keep these results going when we play like better teams? Will we be able to like, you know, remain calm? when things aren't going our way or maybe, you know, come from behind win or like, who knows, we can end up losing some dumb games. And I think it's maybe like, that's the only thing that bothers me about Michigan's like easy schedule, but you know, everybody else gets away with it. So I believe that makes us like one of them now, you know, <laughs> you make it to the CFP, you play the, the weenies, you know, you get to be number four, which is obviously what you want be one of those last few teams in so you make it back to the CFP I don't know what do you think yeah I agree I had another thought but I lost it I agree yeah I don't I also think like (laughs) with the way the playoff is set up right now I guess if we were to have a loss or two then we would rely on our strength of schedule to hopefully get us into the playoff but with the four-team playoff like you really have to go undefeated people put it up as a scenario Mm -hmm. like if you were to be a two lost team then it would go to strength of schedule but like that's never happened Mm -hmm. a two lost team has never made it Mm -hmm. into the playoffs so i don't know why we're acting like that's a hypothetical scenario to be worried about i'd be more worried about losing a non-conference game exactly all right so let's move on to our favorite non-michigan college football story of the week um the first one oh yes is that all of the current current all of the college basketball blue blood i can't speak all of the college basketball blue bloods are undefeated that being Mm -hmm. are undefeated in football let me clarify that being duke kansas unc UNC, and kentucky and michigan i'm claiming michigan is a blue blood i've been claiming that for a while there's no reason that they can't be a blue blood I mean, I know it's, like, based off of, like, the historical context and the amount of, like, you know, national championships won, but, you know. We don't care. For all intents and purposes, we should be also included in that. Um, but, yeah, kind of a wacky time and wacky scene in college football uh, going on right now. Uh, but, obviously, you know, shooting three for three right now in uh, the best game of the week might be Iowa. The Iowa Hawkeyes are like a sleeper favorite team of mine, I guess, because they just provide hilarity. And obviously, I don't watch a single second. Yeah, I was gonna game. say, I feel like if because you watch the game, why would I want to? Yeah, if I watch the game, I might have had a different like perspective on this. But I don't watch a single Iowa game, and I've enjoyed every minute of not watching Iowa, but seeing <laughs> the results of Iowa. Um. <laughs> so this week, uh, they finally found some semblance of an offense uh but then they had thunderstorm delays so this game took i believe over seven hours or just around seven hours it was past midnight when they started playing again um you know they were letting anybody like off the street into the stadium like kids were like taking those massive bags of popcorn that were just gonna be thrown away at the end of the night and were like shaking them around like beanbag chairs and it was just crazy um they did have three touchdowns and i believe over 300 yards of offense this past weekend but of course it took seven hours to achieve such feats um so i just wanted to kind of like highlight my favorite tweets um 
which in regards to that, um, it goes, Iowa scored two touchdowns and they made everyone evacuate the stadium, which was the appropriate response. Um, and that was from Lucy Sports Jokes, if you saw them. They were so funny. Um, because absolutely accurate, you know, Iowa was maybe like having like some semblance of an offense moving and then the literal, you know, nature said no. And I think that's so funny. And, you know, just be I believe it was 17 nothing, uh, when, like, they finally started playing again. And, you know, if, again, if Iowa had, like, any form of offense, like, everybody else did, like, you know, I think we had, our game last week was over 500 yards of offense. We had another game that UConn was over 400 yards. Ohio State had, like, 700 yards against Toledo last week. But if literally Iowa had any form of offense and could run up the score... Like, Nevada wouldn't have even tried. They would have probably just forfeited the game. But because it's Iowa, Nevada still thought maybe they had a chance. Um, I was telling Harley, I have a local Iowa guy who I talk to every week about Iowa. He's the barista at the coffee shop right across the street from me. And before the game, um, I had to get my fun fall drink. And I was asking him, I was like, okay, you're Hawkeyes. Is, are you in pain? And he was like, you better hope that... Um, Iowa figures it out today against Nevada because if they do, you know it's never going to happen again and Michigan has nothing to worry about. <laughs> Their offense is not going to figure it out for more than one game in a season. I was like, you are so right. Let's go Hawkeyes. <laughs> and it happened, so hopefully it doesn't happen again. <laughs> we'll see. They play Rutgers next week, and I think that's going to be, again, maybe one of my favorite games just because, you know, I think Rutgers had, like, less than – 70 yards of passing offense last week and so i'm like oh this is gonna be a good one who are you rooting for keep an eye on it for that obviously records okay yeah me big too big 10 east obviously <laughs> big 10 and east loyalty right now loyalty except for like the majority of the teams i would not root for Mm-hmm. i would root for records yeah big 10 east loyalty is solely applied to Rutgers. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. And Michigan. Doesn't need to be said. So our um, missed reads and air balls segment, we only have one and it's kind of depressing, but JJ had like oh, a no. couple kind of questionable reads in this game. Um, it was just mm -hmm. kind of some evidence that he's human. I don't think it's any cause for concern. Obviously, the reads are a little bit easier to make when you're playing a defense like UConn or Hawaii or Colorado State. Um, so it like mm. could could be more evident in the future um but i don't know i just the segment was called missed reads so i had to i had to put that down and then we didn't put anything else down so sorry jj you're kind of getting called out in this segment but it, it, like it wasn't bad it wasn't bad it's just something to make note of because the last game he literally yeah. looked perfect yeah and it's just a learning curve because he's still like young and i i kind of agree with you on that there was like a few moments i believe against yukon um, someone somewhere on the Twitter sphere called it like decision paralysis and you could kind of see like kind of evidence like he see him just like maybe in his head so I think he needs to focus on his um, like meditation meditative stuff because like he was already like rolling you know game two in uh, week two like you were saying um, but there was like some moments in week three where you could kind of see like you said, that he was, like, human, that he, like, will still make, like, a 
young quarterbacks' mistakes, but they weren't, like, you know, the end-all, be-all. They were just, you know, maybe a, a sack where you shouldn't have taken one or, you know, negative yards or who knows. It wasn't, it wasn't bad, but like you said, you, you kind of got to see, like, oh, you know, he's still, like, a young guy. Yeah, he's still... But no, no, nothing to cause for concern. But you could see that there's some, like, decision-making skills that he has to make in, like, real time, and that will come, obviously, with playing more games as Michigan starter. He's still a diaper dandy at heart. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> um, Which is a good segue into our little J.J. McCarthy inspirational segment. Um, before we get into that, I'm going to read off the inspirational quotes that he shared on his Instagram story. So do get into a mental headspace to feel the vibrations around you shift. <laughs> um, I don't know what yeah, that means. Close your eyes and just let Hannah's words through JJ McCarthy just overcome you. Wait, but before that, um, I do need to like highlight a segment that was on the broadcast. They like showed JJ on the bench meditating before the game. Um, and then they were like, pre-snap mental checklist, joy, flow, no mental dialogue, excitement. So. Okay. Yeah. So everyone embody that right now. Joy, flow, no mental dialogue, excitement. Um, okay. Let's, let's, let's go forward with JJ's inspirational quotes from this week. Okay. They were all from the same Instagram account, by the way, that one, like after school account, the first one. Until you make the unconscious conscious, it will direct your life and you will call it faith. Carl Jung. Second one. The sole purpose of human existence is to kindle a light in the darkness of mere being. Also Carl Jung. Happy people build their inner world. Unhappy people blame their outer world. T. Harb Eker. Um, also of note, he did not have a smiley face on his hand this game. Harley, what are your thoughts on that? Um, maybe that's what led to the misreads. That's so true. Because where was the excitement and the joy <laughs> supposed to come from? Where was the excitement and the joy, yeah, if there wasn't, like, the physical reminder on your hand. Yeah. Do you think he, like, says that to his friends? He's like, I do a smiley face as an external reminder of my internal vibes. For sure. Or to, like, kindle a light in the darkness. Yeah. I feel like, um... I think so. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like, thoughts on JJ kindling a light in the darkness. Does he do that? Oh, for sure. Because I'm pretty sure, like, 90% of the team meditates. Yeah, we found evidence of much more meditation than was revealed on ESPN. (laughs) There's people meditating, there's people levitating, and all the graphics. I don't know. And then... They really seem to be working on this inner world. They're all building the inner world. And... Happy people. I looked up um, Donovan Edwards' Instagram, which was so hard to find because it's like Don. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but um, Don Edwards. <laughs> but um, he like when I looked it up, he also had like a meditation graphic on his Instagram story, and the quote: "The most important relationship you have is with yourself. Everything happening in your life results from the way you treat yourself through thoughts, words, and actions." And it's like, that's just what happened to be there when I clicked on his Instagram. Who knows what's there when I'm not looking? Everyone is meditating. We found a picture of um, Rowan Wilson meditating, too, or, like, alert the presses. Mm-hmm. Do you ever meditate, he is, Har- Harlington? Um, I feel like I might have to. Um, when I go to my core power yoga sculpt class, they make a set an intention and seal it with a community breath. And... Honestly, I think of JJ. JJ would love that. I think you should you should invite him. (laughs) Do you think they seal their like huddles with a community breath? 
Yes. <laughs> oh my God. And they also, at my, I told you this already, but at my yoga sculpt class, they play Pump It Up during the cardio segment. I need to invite yeah. JJ. You need to invite JJ. All right, more on more on that later. Maybe that's what we have up our sleeves. <laughs> hey, you know, he, he can help you. Like, he can be, like, your quarterback coach. Oh, yeah, and I can be his quarterback coach. It's mutually beneficial. Yeah. Maybe I'll introduce that's him. How you get, that's how you get to be QB9. You get coached by the best. But he's literally QB9 because, like, he's JJ9. No, that's fair. We can be QB... QB hand. <laughs> QB hand. <laughs> he would be so honored to have me as his coach. I'll introduce him to the magic of 100 throws, 100 catches, and he can introduce me to the magic of meditation. I think so. I think it's an equal trade. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Of skills. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Moving on. Um, next week, we are playing our first Big Ten opponent. How are you feeling, Harley Garley? Ooh, I'm so excited. Really? No, it's Maryland. <laughs> are you feeling, like, any bit nervous? Um, mm, no, not really. I mean, I'm interested. I'm, like, I'm interested in, like, different aspects. Like, especially because Maryland has, like, a pretty, like, heavy reliance on, like, their passing game. And so I just kind of want to see, like... It'll be kind of like a nice introductory to like teams that do have like that kind of focus mm-hmm. on their passing offense, especially when you know you get into like kind of like the big wigs like you know Ohio State, um, and I think it'll be like nice little test to have like you know you're sticking you're, like your foot in the pool but you're not fully getting drenched you know. Yeah, I agree. Maryland is a good team to open with. They're definitely a power five team. Like they're not. I don't think they're bad yet. Any. I mean, there's some things that I think they can, like, clean up on, but I feel like this will be, like, um, obviously a huge step above the last three teams that we've played. So I think we'll probably finally see, you know, the team play, like, all four quarters. Yeah, I agree. Which, again, it's a nice trial run. It's a good way to be able to figure out what we need to fix without like losing in the process hopefully um yeah so to get hopefully. into more details michigan opened as a 17 point favorite which i think feels about right um like a solid favorite right. but it's not like we're gonna like hang 100 on them um maryland yeah. is currently and we're gonna need jake moody <laughs> yeah we'll probably we'll probably see some jakey <laughs> um yeah maryland is currently three and oh they have beaten buffalo charlotte and the Mustangs. Who are the Mustangs? Who are the Mustangs? <laughs> I was like, that could be Mustangs. anybody. <laughs> oh, SMU. Um, oh, yeah, that was like a big game. Yes. Okay. So um, they have beaten three teams. <laughs> Obviously, those aren't like the three best teams in the country, but they played SMU. That's not nobody. Um, the last time that Maryland lost was to Michigan last November, so they're kind of having a winning streak. Mm-hmm. They won pretty solidly in their bowl game. Um, mm-hmm. in terms of what we know them for, Michigan always wins by a pretty large margin against Maryland in our generation. It's been kind of a given, but I, like I do our think time in school. I hate to bring out the like beat us once the the trap game language because I don't think it's a trap game, but I do think it's something where you can't just no. take it for granted that we are going to beat them every single time. 
That is a good point to have. Because, like, I feel, like, really confident and, like, obviously us winning. Um, and, you know, 17 points is a pretty, is still a pretty decent, like, margin. Um, it's not, like, it's not a Maryland of, like, what people are assuming a Maryland is. And, which is obviously, you know, one of the worst teams in the conference. But, um, I've liked what I've seen so far from Maryland. And I think they're, like, starting to compete a lot more. Um. Obviously, they're not going to be, like, at the top of the Big Ten, but, you know, it's not going to be, like, a walk in the park, so to speak, anymore. Especially for between, like, Maryland and Rutgers, I honestly think we'll start to see, like, more of them having, like, a decent amount of wins. Maybe that's not against, like, your school, but, you know, I feel like most people see Maryland and think, oh, yeah, you would definitely be, like, a 3-9 and nine team. So they just, like, lose the rest of the season. But, you know, I don't think that's the case anymore. So we can't just, like, assume things. Maybe if we were playing Nebraska. So, like, maybe JJ can tell the team to go into the game with an open mind and an open heart. And then he'll seal exactly. that with a community breath. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so, um, Maryland has the 18th best offensive efficiency in college football. Their defense isn't mm-hmm. their defense is a little shaky, especially in the past game, mm-hmm. which JJ can actually throw the football, so that should be good for us. Um, Maryland has allowed mm-hmm. six passing touchdowns over the past two weeks. Um, their quarterback is the other Tagovailoa, Talia. And last year he set a mm-hmm. bunch of records at Maryland. So like they do have a solid quarterback, and that's not just by his last name. Like he is he is setting records. <laughs> he's a little bit inconsistent so far this year. He's 68 mm-hmm. for 88 on passing, which is pretty solid. Um for 100, 895 yards. So and six touchdowns and two interceptions. Those stats sound really good, but I do think he has had some shaky moments as he's not a perfect quarterback. Um and they also have some really good receivers who he is obviously throwing the ball to. So their pass game is good, but I think, hopefully, Michigan's pass rush is better. We'll see. Yeah, I wanted to look really quickly to see just, I guess, how Maryland's defense would be against Michigan's ground attack. And looks on average to be about... I feel like the, none of these teams have, like, any form of, you know, running backs that can actually do damage, but almost 200 yards. And that's the thing, again, about Michigan's offense right now, so too, is we can really yeah. just adapt to what the defense gives us because we can we have so many different options on offense right now, which we haven't really seen in Michigan teams of past. We don't really need to, like, worry. I mean... We'll need to worry about defenses, but we don't need to worry about, like, oh, my gosh, mm-hmm. this defense isn't a good matchup for us. We're going to fall apart because we can really just change up what we do. That's fair. I think it's just nice to know, like, what kind of game we might be having. Yeah, and, I agree. You know? I think we might see we some... Stick with the tried and true of, like, Michigan just running it up. Or, you know, are we going to see JJ let it fly? And, you know, I think, like, the perfect thing about J.J. leading the offense, so you're probably going to see a nice mixture of both. And we have done really well at having a pretty balanced offense. Definitely. What is something you're looking forward to, Harley? In this game, um, or in, in like Big Ten play in general? Oh. 
Well, for next week, I'm definitely looking forward to, like I mentioned earlier, like, kind of seeing how Michigan's going to, like, feel out playing an entire game. Um, unless, you know, they do end up running the score against Maryland. I definitely am excited to see, like, what our defense has, um, especially the secondary. I feel like that would be a nice uh, area for you people to look at and to see what they do um, against the likes of, you know, the other tag of Baloa. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I think it'll be good. There's only, like, some reservations in the fact that, you know, again, we haven't played the entire game. Um, but I, I think it'll be good. Maybe not as, like, you know, like, forgettable as the first three weeks. You, you know, I felt pretty stress, stress-free the first, like, three weeks of college football. But now I'm like, hmm. Things might get a little bit more interesting. Or not. It is Maryland at the end of the day. And they are coming to visit us, so. Yeah, and it's homecoming. I think yeah. what I'm looking <laughs> forward to the most is hopefully, like, getting some national attention. Um, Ooh. Like, I mean, we were ranked number four, so it's not like we haven't been getting any national attention. But kind of like what I said in my hint, like, I'm just hoping finally it will legitimize what we've been seeing from Michigan for the past three games. It will finally, like, solidify, mm-hmm. like, no, this is legit. I don't know if Maryland can really solidify it for us, because like you said, Maryland is, like, still Maryland. But they're a Power 5 team. They're a Big 10 team. I think it would be nice to mm-hmm. get a solid win against Maryland and be able to say, like, no, we're not just doing it against the bottom five FBS teams. And then in terms of what a success would look like for me is if this game gives me similar vibes to the last three weeks. I don't want it to feel significantly different. I want it to feel how the, the season has felt so far. That was very good. Because I was going to ask you, how would you feel, like, you know, if we kind of saw, like, a, the Michigan, like, struggle? Like, we kind of had to work for it a little bit more. Like, what do you think that would say about Michigan if we kind of saw them struggle a little bit, especially against Maryland? It would probably be good for them as long as they come out with a Mm -hmm. win Um, and as long as they don't have to give up some, like, secrets that they've been wanting to keep close to their heart in order to come out with a win. Mm. But, yeah, I think I would like to see them – to be honest, I maybe I'll sleep on this and wake up and change my mind, but I kind of want to see JJ um, be humbled a little bit, like, just in terms of he has been, like, superhuman, and I don't want him to have his Mm -hmm. first – human moment in a big game and then freak out about it that's what i was honestly thinking i was like i kind of like you want to see them like maybe like have to like work you know a little bit against like the likes of a team that is like you know a a pretty much like any other occasion just a given w but you know like i want them to kind of feel out those kind of things that aren't working really well against somebody where you can still win the game but it's not like you know high stakes like, playing, like, a Penn State or playing Ohio State at the end of the year, like, I'd much rather, like, kind of, like, see what Michigan is like under, a, like, some semblance of stress to, so when we get into those higher stake situations, we kind of see, like, how they would react to those kind of things. Um, but again, I don't know if Maryland will be that um, for Michigan. They could be, and if anything, I would kind of want them to do that just to give them, like, some tests. I, I so will again, be a like, little... With the national attention that we have. Yeah, I'll yeah. be a little concerned if... people to say, like, yeah, Michigan's good. If Maryland tests us too much, I think that's a bad sign. 
I think Iowa is more exactly. reasonable. Like, Iowa is one that everyone has penciled in as a trap game. I would not mind mm. getting tested against them a little bit. But then I guess you're right. Kinnick is, like, a challenging um, environment to play in. So maybe it's better for them to have some challenges on a on a home field and then move on. Exactly, yeah. At this point, it's like we're, we don't like, get to choose anyway. So <laughs> we don't need to weigh the pros yeah, and cons obviously. too long. Yeah, for sure. What would a success look like to you? Or do you think it would look like struggling a little bit and then coming out with the win? I mean, that would be, like, my preferred method. But honestly, like I said, like, having, like, no stress, just, like, that, like, win guarantee has been, like, really nice and soothing as a Michigan fan. Like, we're not stressing, like, you know, Iowa or, like, Michigan State or Nebraska. Like, now we're just, like, chilling. And... I would definitely love to continue doing that. So I guess the success this week would just be kind of like maintaining like the kind of like role that we've been on. Um, you know, being really dominant on every aspect of play, you know, maybe having some more um, like visibility from like our defense. Uh, we came out really like fiery um, week one with the seven sacks. And I think last game we didn't have any which is, like, you know, we played UConn. We should have had some, I think. Um, and then I think, you know, maybe special teams keep rolling with that. Maybe not have Jake Moody kick his 62-yard field goal. I mean, he probably could. He was, like, a yard short. But anyway. Um, that was a little ridiculous. And then obviously our offense is, yeah, right? And our offense has been rolling. So I just kind of want to keep thing, seeing things, like, in motion that we've been seeing since week one. But seeing it under, with like, with just like a little bit more like stakes to it you know I think it'll be I think it's gonna be a fun game I hope so I hope it's a fun game um do we have any last words before we close this out I I don't think so I don't think so either unless you got anything um uh no I do not (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> had to think I'm about that you double checked your notes <laughs> yeah um all right well as always follow us yeah. on everything subscribe to the podcast give us a review actually like actually if you give us a review that would that'd be really kind so i'd appreciate mm-hmm. that um thank you for listening and go blue and go blue